Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to direct your attention this morning to the book of Psalms 113. While you're turning there, let, let me remind us that we are having electronic sign-ups for prayer and fasting. Uh, Sister Natasha sent out an email to the entire church last week. And if you would go ahead and sign up what days you'll be fasting and what days, what hours you'll be praying, we want to start the new year out with prayer and fasting. Brother David did a great job of leading service. But yeah. Yeah. But he forgot to tell you that Longhorn Barbecue is going to cater our uh, food on Friday. You ain't going to want to miss it if you like pork ribs, chicken, um, sausage, baked beans. I'm getting hungry already. It's going to be good. Invite, invite your neighbors. Invite your coworkers out. Instead of them watching, instead of them letting, letting them go out and get bombed on alcohol and drugs because there's nothing else to do and potentially be a danger to themselves and somewhere else, invite them, invite them to this Friday night. Invite them. Praise God. That's why we're doing all this. Invite somebody. In Jesus' name. It's good to see uh, Brother Scott Hicks here this morning and his family. God bless this man. He was baptized here two weeks ago in Jesus' name. That's a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. And it's great to see all of our visitors. You are not crazy for coming to a church like this. Because you, when you finally get the understanding of what is holding this all together. It's amazing. God is amazing. Psalm 113, we're going to read the whole psalm while you stand. Don't worry, there's only nine verses. I could real quick go to... I won't do that. Psalm 107 or something. Psalm 113 in verse number one. Praise ye the Lord. We are. We will. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Everybody said amen. The Lord is high above all nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? Now notice verse 7 and 8. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth 
the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes. This is incredible. That he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise you, the Lord. Let's look at verse 7 one last time. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. I want to talk to us for a few moments about redemptive lift. Redemptive lift. We've already praised the name of the Lord a bunch here today with strength, with expression. One more time, let's put our Bibles down and let's ask God to allow his word to deposit truth and reality and understanding in our hearts. Father, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. We pray that you will open up every human heart with the Word of God. Allow us to understand. Allow us to understand reality. Because we certainly have all come to understand that things are not what they seem to be in our world. But allow us to see reality. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now this is going to be short and sweet. And I don't know why, but I'm just kind of on a short and sweet kick. Kind of like a small piece of candy. When they're, when they're small, I just eat a bunch of them. So I make up for it. And this church, I want to publicly say thank you to this congregation for blessing your pastor and your pastor's wife. Um, my clothes are a little tighter today because of you. So I thank you for all the candy and all the blessings. And everybody said amen. We talk about redemptive lift. I've used that term several times, probably just in the last month or so, because it is a reality. It is something that possesses content, it is a reality. So much so that there is a definition that is readily discoverable online. But I'm going to present it to you here this morning. It is a phenomenon that occurs when a person becomes a Christian. Now this is, understand, this is a non-denominational definition. 
and thereby is lifted out of his former environment and separated from it in social and economic respects. I'm going to read that again. Now, this is, this is a definition of what redemptive lift means. It means something different to you and I, and I'm going to explain that as time goes on, but this is the common definition of that. A phenomenon that occurs when a person becomes a Christian and thereby is lifted out of his former environment and separated from it in social and economic respects. Now, although that may not be my exact definition, and it may not be the definition that I'm going to talk about a little bit later to this congregation, I believe that that is correct, by and large. The gospel transforms first the person and then the environment around the person. God first transforms the individual and then transforms the environment around that individual. All of us that are here today and others that are around the world have experienced redemptive lift. I've experienced it. I experience it on a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis, and so do you. In fact, what was taking place around uh, in this sanctuary just several minutes ago was absolutely would qualify being an expression of redemptive lift. That's right. And that is one of the reasons why, as a 21st century and about to be 22nd century spiritual practitioner, that that is non-negotiable when we, as apostolic people, come together. Okay? Um, I understand just sometimes the mood or how you're feeling or whatever, sometimes... Sometimes it just seems like we need a day off because we're just, we're just not there. But the common experience needs to be in an apostolic group that there needs to be a demonstration of liberty. Now, this is a little awkward because, and my wife and I have talked about this, I, I really don't like the setup that we have right now. The setup that we have right now, and this is no reflection on you, and it's not your fault. You're, you're, you're fine. But I, I really don't like the fact that we do not have a place where we can pray before we come into the sanctuary. It's just me. It's just the way things are right now. We've started uh, a preschool, and our preschool is set up uh, in our, where our prayer room used to be. Um, we're going to have a large area over in the new facility to pray, but we're not there yet. We're still in transition here. And I, but I, but it, it just, it, it, it goes against the grain of, of the way I think should be because the pattern is in the book of Acts that they, they went into the upper room to pray and then the Spirit of God fell. The Spirit of God is, is going to fall in, in prayer before it falls in praise. And when it falls in prayer, it just makes praise and demonstration that much more powerful. 
Are you with me? See, when you, when you eliminate prayer out of that equation, now people, when they're in the praise, they're adjusting. They're getting the world off them. They're, getting, they're moving from their carnality. They're remembering they need to repent. They need to ask for forgiveness about that. It, gets, it becomes awkward in, in the sequence of praise. And when, if praise is not allowed to be truly apostolic, which means it's, it's part of a momentum, it's going somewhere, leading to a climax, um, then, then it, it, can, it can abort, in some cases, really what God wants to do. Um, and it's just those kind of subtle little nuances can make the difference. Or maybe somebody here today just lets you know how I think about these kind of things. Or maybe somebody here today, I don't know you. I don't know anything about your background. I don't know where you've been. I don't know anything about you. I'm glad you're here. I'm delighted you're here. I thank God you're here. I pray that you would be here. And, but, but God has allowed you to be here. I don't have an opportunity to take a day off. It may be the only time in your life that you ever see an expression of genuine spiritual liberation. That's why some of you need to understand that when you come to this church, it's not just I'm going to give myself a day off and excuse myself. No, 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 no. God will bless you if you'll set your feelings aside and say, no, 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 there may be a visitor there today. This may change their world today. Are you with me here today? We're talking about redemptive lift. We're talking about all of us are in this together. We're talking about all of us who are in this together. And a, congreg a congregation that accepts this and works this together has great revival. The devil cannot stop them. The city cannot stop them. Spiritual wickedness in high places cannot stop them. The only thing that can stop it is flesh. Only thing that can stop what God wants to do is flesh. Well, that's why we take care of that in the prayer room. And then when you come into praise, all of the little innuendos of carnality and the little deals we need to deal with, all the adjustments have been made in the prayer room. And now I've got the garment of praise on. And now God moves and prepares us for preaching. Prayer, praise, preaching. It's all in the book of Acts, chapter number 2. The pattern is still there. And then when that dynamic, when that dynamic momentum has allow, been allowed to build and crescendo, there were 3,000 that were baptized in the name of Jesus. And then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the afterglow. That's out at the coffee shop. In the new building, it'll be over where we're feeding everybody. And so redemptive lift requires some forethought. You don't just flip the light out on the, on the front of the street and say, a Pentecostal church is here now. There has to be some forethought. There has to be, there has to be some understanding. There has to be some supernatural wisdom for the sake of engagement and the sake of understanding. And digging a little bit deeper in this redemptive lift, it has various 
expressions and applications. In this incredible psalm that we read in your hearing this morning, it begins with recognizing the Lord anytime that there is. Jesus talked about this at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter number 6, that we should always recognize God first. And that's exactly what happens here in Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun under the going down of the same, the, na- the Lord's name is to be praised. That's all day. And God has been recognized. But then it begins, it begins to give us an understanding of where God is now. We just praised him. We praised the reality of God. But now it lets us know in physical terms. This thing is moving from supernatural into the natural. And look at this, what it says here in verse number 4. The Lord is high above all nations. Somebody say God is in control. That's exactly right. President Biden is not in control of his own self. I'm sure you're going to tell him I said that. Don't. Don't tell him I said that. But God is firmly in control. But God is high above all nations. Now, this is a revelation about God, and it's it's letting us know that that God is high, he's lifted up, he's above all the nations, he's, he's above all the affairs of men. And his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? Okay? But then something really powerful is about to happen in our next verse. Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Now there's something that's about to take place. We've already praised the name of the Lord. We've already uh, given, we've recognized his address, his dwelling place. He's on high. But something is now about to happen on earth. And what is that? He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. Now that word dust really means dirt. When you talk about Hebrew words, they're very restrictive. But that word means more than dust. When we think of dust, We're talking about that little ball of fuzz that we see on our hardwood floor under the coffee table. Honey, there's dust under there. This is talking about dirt. He raises up. We were just talking about how high he was. We were just talking about he's above the nations. 
we were just praising him as being filling the heavens. But now we see God raising up the poor out of the dirt. You can use dust, that's fine, but just know that it means dirt. He lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that word dunghill, we need to talk about that. And that word dunghill means exactly what it says. It's talking about manure. And I want to tell you that when people get very, very poor and people get very, very needy, they will construct a dwelling place out of anything they can get their hands on. reason why I know that is I've been in third world nations and I've seen it with my own eyes. Manure burns. It can be used for heat. I know it's grotesque, but I, it's the Word of God. But the bigger point is, is that God is not afraid or is not too superior to not get down into the dirt and down into a dunghill to lift somebody up. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice here today, and you're thinking, I just don't know about all that. I want to introduce you to a God that can walk you out of your situation, can walk you out of your predicament, can walk you out of your trouble, can walk you out of a self-made, self-imposed problem. God is big enough. God loves you more than the mess that you've made. God cares about you more than the situation that you're dwelling in. Let's clap our hands and give him praise for that. That's the God I serve. Yes, he's high and lofty. Yes, he sits on the circle of the meridian of the earth. Yes, he flung the stars from his fingertips. Called them all by name. But he is not so lofty that he is not touched with the needs of humanity. I just can't get enough of this. He raises up the poor out of the dirt. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I was poor when I first came to an apostolic church. I was poor when I moved to Spokane, but that's another story. And I had a lot of stinking things around my house, so I guess you could say it was like a dunghill. And I would have probably remained living in that apartment except for the fact that I came in contact with the high and lofty one. See, that's when it all changes, ladies and gentlemen. You see, our world is looking for a hand out. In 
fact, there's some people that have even made this a religious exercise. They'll go around and shop churches till they get their hand out. God does not give handouts. God gives a hand up. Somebody clap your hand to give God the praise. The next time you go ahead and accuse the church of not loving people and not caring for people, you need to just sit down and be quiet. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll take them to Denny's. Yeah, we'll take them to a restaurant. But you put them in contact with a God that will bring them out of the dirt and a God that will bring them out of the stench. Go ahead and clap your hands to give God real praise. God ain't into giving handouts. You need me to prove this to you. Go to Acts chapter 3, verse number 2. The Holy Ghost has just poured out right after the day of Pentecost. Peter and John are on their way to prayer. They go through this famous place where the gate beautiful was. And you have to understand, it was somewhat like the pool of Bethesda that was full of all impotent folk that were crippled and halt. But there was a man there, and there were other people that were there that were carried there. It was a place so that they could beg. It was a place so that they could beg and that they could, through the goodness of people that were either going to prayer or leaving the temple, having prayed, could add more coinage to their tinkling cup. And so let's pick up our story. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. He'd been in this condition all of his life. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms. That means offerings of them that entered into the temple. Next verse. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for an offering. Next verse. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Look at me. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. When Peter said, look at me, the man was expecting to receive something. Now, if God brings people to Cornerstone, we cannot afford to take a day off. We cannot afford to go into Pentecostal retirement. You can do that this afternoon. You can do that when you go home. But when we come here, we need a demonstration because God says, I want you to see something. I want you to look on something. I want you to see. Come on, somebody, help me out. If God really brings people here, he wants them to receive something. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I can almost sense the disappointment of our friend. But a man that was full of the Holy Ghost, a man that knew Jesus, a man that had already experienced the power of God, knew exactly where he was going with this. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I really believe that as we continue to move into this end time hour, that you're going to start seeing the book of Acts come alive.
I thank God for all the things that happened in the 60s. I thank God for everything that happened in the 70s. I thank God for everything that happened in the 80s. But you and I, God has trusted us to be at the end of this thing where there is not going to be any shortage of power. There will not be any shortage of authority. There will not be any shortage of resource. There will not be any shortage of the supernatural. But God needs a witness. God needs somebody. Go ahead and clap your hands and give God the praise. He let me live. I'm alive and well. I'm totally conscious. I'm totally cognizant. I'm totally aware. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Next verse. And he took him by the hand and did what? I don't care how cute that sign is on the edge of the road. I drove by one guy, had a sign up there that said, why lie? I just need booze. You're going to expect me to give the money that God's blessed me with that's been earned by hardworking, godly, sacrificing saints and give it to somebody that just wants booze so I can salve my conscience that I'm giving to the poor. That's not giving to the poor. That's foolishness. You hear this man of God today. That is nothing but insanity. Why don't you stop and say, hey, let me take you and get you some real food. And let me tell you about a God that brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Why don't we sacrifice time instead of salving our conscience with a few dollars? Come on, somebody. I'm here to preach that God is going to do it in this century, in this city. God is going to do it. It's not a handout. They need a hand up. We've got, we've got good people in our church that are working with people. But they've already cast judgment on us because the pastor's too smart. <laughs> if you're not hungry for God, if you're not hungry from God, and that is what I can help you connect with, what we are seeing in the 21st century is a revival of grown men that are trapped in adolescence, that are irresponsible. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I just, you know, you're in a church where the pastor is just going to tell it like it is. How do you know that? Because I was one of them. They are locked in adolescence that think that life is for a good time. Let the wife work and the dad can just sit around. No, no, no. You let the wife take care of the home like it says in the Word of God, and you go out and get a job and let God bless you and let God accelerate you. Somebody help me right now. Somebody help me right now. 
You say, Pastor, that sounds mean. Pastor, that sounds just a little too hard. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Word of God. I love to give a Bible study. We'll include a cheeseburger in it. We'll include a trip to the restaurant. But somewhere, I've got to connect you with the God that was on high but took on the form of a man and hung on a cross and poured out his Spirit so that you could be what God sees you to be. Go ahead and clap your hands and give him praise. No, I like my Xbox. I love my Xfinity. I love my entertainment. I understand. I understand. Why don't you take the money that you're getting drunk with and feed your kids with it? It's not a handout. It's a hand up. Let's go back to our scripture in the book of Acts. And immediately. And immediately. Redemptive lift. For the first time in this man's life, Brother Oswald, he went right past everybody. He said, I'm on my own two feet. I'm not heading to the bar. I'm not heading to a bunch of nobodies. I'm going right into that temple for myself. I want to get in there and run the aisles. I want to dance across the front because now I can hold down a job. Now I can have a family. Now I can come on somebody. If you'll just trust God and do it God's way, you'll see the miracles. You'll see the supernatural. You'll somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. It's in the word of God. walk right in and find a seat and just get comfortable. Leaping up, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah! Who is that guy? That's the guy that you've seen out at the gate. No way. Honey, God's going to bring the biggest drug addicts and the biggest drunks into this city. They don't need food stamps. They need to go down in water. They need and watch God change our world. Somebody shout right now. That's where revival is. That's where the revival is. Come on, somebody praise him. Lift your voice with me. Let's glorify. Let's magnify. I wonder, I wonder how many people under the sound of my voice can identify with our friend in Acts 3 that you is basically just begging just living on the goodness of other pe people, be it family, friends, or whoever. But after you were redeemed, God said, no, 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 no. 
you go ahead and give that welfare to somebody that really needs it, like somebody's grandma. You get out there and look for a job, and I will open up a door. Come on, somebody help me preach right now. My God, I can tell it's the 21st century. We don't like to hear about rolling up your sleeves and getting a real job and putting in a full day's work and giving God the glory, but that's where God is. That's where God is. That's where God is. Oh, somebody help me. It's not a handout. It's a hand up. I am not preaching against acts of benevolence. I'm not talking about good deeds. But woven in to your good works needs to be a Bible study, needs to be a time where they understand that you yourself was in the same place or like in the same place where they were, but you're not begging anymore. Now you're a giver. You're not a taker. You're a giver. You're not a taker. You're a giver. It's more blessed. It's more blessed. It's more blessed to give than to take. But God knows that all you could do is take because that's where you is at. That's why when I told my little story, just one little part of my testimony here this morning, about God was reminding me that I could have been killed many times over in a drug deal, but he let me live. Honey, I am going to praise him whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to give him the praise. He let me live. He let me be a part of this. He let me understand that there's people that are there's people that are waiting on Cornerstone. There's people that are waiting on that testimony. There's people that will benefit from your testimony. There's people that will benefit from what you're going to come on, somebody. I'm talking about redemptive lift. I am trying to do my best to get away from talking about myself every time I get in here and talk about these transformational testimonies. I want to tell you what, there were people in that church that gave up on me. They said he's just an old rocker. We'll give him a couple days, weeks, and months. And they weren't being mean, they weren't being cruel, they've just seen it played out over and over and over again. Well, I want the devil to know and I want my good brothers and sisters to know that are already on the street of gold, I'm still here. And I'm going to be seeing you again someday. And we will shout again. We will run today. That You weren't against me. You were just saying, you were just let down by the fickleness and the, the frailty of humanity that won't commit, won't, won't, people just won't commit anymore. They, they don't care what the Bible says. They, they don't care what the preacher says. But I'm telling you, there's people in this world, they're giving up on politics. They're giving up on Hollywood. They're giving up on sports. The answer's always the same. It's just politics, politics, politics. 
politics and the church is going to rise in this hour. Come on, somebody. Don't let this 70-year-old man almost preach all by himself today. There's somebody in your world that needs redemptive lift. Eleven o'clock at night on Friday, your brother sent me a text. You're okay, at ease. Love you guys. You all right? Love you too. Your brother sent me a text. He was shocked when I responded because my bedtime's eight o'clock. But God wanted me awake. What you don't understand is that flat tire that you got and you had to go in that store, did it ever dawn on you that somebody behind that counter is about ready to put a gun to their head and they've talked about ending it all and a guy walks in that comes to this church week in and week out and has an answer? No, 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 not for a handout. But come on, let me pick you up for church. Come on, I'll go to the altar with you. Come on, let's go get ready for baptism. Come on, you can get the Holy Ghost. Come on, watch what God will do. Somebody, it's not a handout, it's a hand up. God lets things happen. And only the discerning. Am I preaching too loud? I'm scaring the babies. I scare the adults too. So I had a conversation with your brother. It ended well. He was asking me some questions, Brother Mike, about when did I know that God spoke to me. And that's all I'll say because it's confidential conversation, but I'm going to tell you what, I've got hope. I've got hope. Somebody could mess up. There's backsliders all over this city. I get calls every single year. I got a call here about, about five months ago from a pastor. I, I, do not, I couldn't even remember the man's name. Never met him. I have no idea w- w- what city he was in. He said, Pastor Mayo, you don't know me. My name's blah, 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 blah. Pastor and blah, 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 blah. You got, there's a man in Spokane. That's what he told me. He said, there's a man from our church that used to be way up an officer in the Mexican mafia. He was in prison. When he got out of prison, he came to our church. He got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The man was on fire. He was absolutely on fire. But through a series of events, he backslid, and he's in Spokane. And I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing everything I can to get him to Cornerstone and to get him to connect with you. I've not heard from the man one time. They are all over. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, they are all over this city. They are all over the place. I don't have time to be stupid. I don't have time to backslide. I don't have time to mess up. We just need to keep the oil in there and keep the, keep the burning bright and keep the Holy Ghost moving. And you let God pull them in. You let God bring them out of that pit. You let God pull them out. And when they come here, they ain't going to be begging. They're going to be saying, where's that all? Where's that prayer room? Where can I get right? Clap your hands and give God the praise. 
I get, I get numerous calls on a yearly basis of people all over the city. You want, you, you want to know what the devil tells people? The devil convinces people that you can't go back to church. People are going to be judgmental. You know what's going on right now in the 21st century? I promise you what's going on in your life right now is God is starting to review every area of your life because he wants you to be prepared. If you've been committing fornication, it's time for you to hit this altar and say, I'm done. I want to go in the rapture. If you've been lying on the job, cheating on the job, stealing on the job, you need to hit this altar. If you've been, if you've been cheating and robbing from the boss, you need to get in this altar. Whatever it is, you need, to, you, need to, you need to tighten it down a little bit. Because when people come to this church, there needs to be a flow. There doesn't need to be an obstacle. There doesn't need to be a stump. There doesn't need to be a rock. There doesn't need to be a root system. There needs to be a flow. Somebody help me out right now. I'm telling you, this can bring drug addicts out. This can bring people that are in the mafia out. This can be the most hardened criminals right to their knees through the power of the almighty God. Oh, somebody shout and clap your hands and give him praise. I'm talking about redemptive lift. I'm talking about redemptive lift. I wouldn't be here today without redemptive lift. I wouldn't have made it this long without redemptive lift. The Word of God says that He is pulling the poor and the needy, to do what? Get on welfare. No. To be a prince. You're kidding. When I, when I see somebody coming in, I don't, I don't, see, the, I don't see the patches. I don't, I don't see any of that. I see potential. I see that man that's sitting at the gate beautiful, that once he gets what God wants to do, he's going to be taking a lap on his own. He's going to be bringing people on his own. He's going to be giving Bible studies on his own. He's going to. Be a prince, not a pauper, not a peasant, a prince. That, ladies and gentlemen, is redemptive lift. That God can take somebody that lives on or under a dunghill and make him a prince? That's what, cornerstone, that's what excites me every Sunday. 
is there might be that one person that's here, and you and I get to watch it. You and I get to watch the devil absolutely have to have to give up residency and, and then watch that individual go down in the name of Jesus and then watch that individual's hands go up and watch that individual begin to utter. Watch their, watch their lips begin to quiver and watch the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, I'm addicted to that. I cannot get enough of that. The mountains, a ride in the mountains don't come close to watching a human being come out of the dunghill. A little trip to the lake don't even come close to a human being. Oh, somebody help me, please. It's my passion. You want to know why we're getting that big building over there? You want to know why we put a kitchen in the rear of that building over there? Because one Sunday a month, Brother Jake, we're going to ask everybody in this church, bring everybody, come, we're going to feed you. We're not charging you a dime. It has been my dream for 27 years, 28 years, so I could start feeding people. It's been a dream of over 28 years to have a private apostolic Christian school. God is allowing it to be within our grasp. I just love to see redemptive lift. You know, you and I get to experience redemptive lift. Every time you pray, every time you praise, the dynamic that's been going on in this building today where the ebb and the flow, the, the flow begins at the pulpit. And like the tide, it comes back. And that ebb and flow will convict Anybody that's caught in that, which is why when a congregation understands this dynamic, how it works between the pulpit and the pew, there's no end to the revival that God is able to bring to pass. Speaking in other tongues is redemptive lift. Well, I don't believe in all that stuff. Why not? It's in the Bible. I don't know, Dr. So-and-so said it's not for us today. Well, what is for today? Demonic possession, change your gender, change everything that God's already done, just change everything, and no power from God? That sounds like the devil is trying to set that up, right? Come on, somebody, you're out there. I need, come on, help me out here. We're just going to let the devil waltz in and just do what everyone does. No, 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 no. You're going to watch God pour it out fresh. It's going to be poured out hot. It's going to be poured out ready. You might have walked in here today and say, well, I don't know about all this. But before you leave here today, God can give you a new brain. God can give you a clean heart. God can be, God can turn an old shack into the, into the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody clap your hands and lift your voice. Let's praise the name of the Lord.
It's redemptive lift. God loves to do it. There was a doctor somewhere that was so fascinated with people that were spirit-filled that he decided to do an experiment. I know it sounds a little different, but stick with me. You know, when the, when the doctor gets involved, it's not speaking in tongues, it's glossolalia. It's, it's glossolalia, which is an ancient term for religious gibberish. Well, that ain't what happens around here. I don't know where you've been, but that ain't what happens around here. People really do speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm going to say that again for the devil and everybody else. People really do speak in tongues around here as the Spirit gives them the utterance. Is there anybody out there that has spoken other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance? So there was a doctor that went to a Holy Ghost-filled church, and he talked to some of the people, talked to the pastor, and they agreed to be a part of this scientific experiment. Before, and this is, this is a critical point, before the doctor had gotten a hold of spirit Holy Ghost-filled people, he also did the exact same experiment with Buddhist monks and Catholics. I'm just telling you, that's, it's, that's, that's what happened. And so he was trying to diversify through the religious experience. And so he had already done the same tests with Buddhists. He had done the same tests with Catholics. And now he was doing this with Holy Ghost-filled people. I actually saw a clip of this, and it was quite amazing. Because he asked these people to worship God, to pray, to get into the Spirit while he was conducting this. It was kind of, it just was interesting to watch this. And he had these people getting an MRI. The, 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 the camera was circling around the skull of a person that was speaking in tongues. Man, I think it's time when apostolic people go to the doctor, we just start speaking in tongues. Well, I got an inflamed gizzard. And just start speaking in tongues. I don't think so. I do believe that God allows some people to get into the hospital to reach people that are in that hospital. See, some of you don't view your, your life that you're that important and valuable to God. But I already know that. You are that valuable to God. 
And so at the end of all this testing, the doctor said this. He said he had a picture of a, a brain, a human brain, but it was cross-sectioned. And he said, you see these gr green spots right here? That's in the front, front lobe, frontal lobe area where languages and speaking is. And he said, this is where the Catholic and the monks, or the Buddhist monk was. It was right there in the frontal lobe where language and speaking is. He said, this one over here, it, um, it's passive. That part of the brain is at rest, and yet the person was speaking in other tongues. And he said, in my findings, he said, I have to validate the fact that there was a power that was flowing through these people to where their brain was in pause. They didn't have to think of the words. They didn't have to think of what they were going to say. They didn't have to make it up. There's absolutely no activity in the brain. They are at rest. The brain is at rest. What are you talking about? I'm talking about redemptive lift. When you get into the Holy Ghost, God does the work. When you get into the Spirit, God does the talking. When you get into the Spirit, it's God that moves. It's God that gives the power. It's God that gives the utterance. It's God that brings the healing. It's God that brings the victory. It's redemptive lift. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise here this morning. Oh, God wants to redeem somebody and lift you out of the situation in your life that's galling your mind. Come on, clap your hands and let's give God the praise right now. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody worship. Somebody get into the Holy Ghost. Somebody allow God to do the work. It's redemptive lift. And so I thought to myself, there's people that attend this church now that used to go to a church where the pastor said, I don't want you guys speaking in tongues anymore in church. And I don't want any more demonstrative worship. And I don't want anybody running the aisles. And I don't want anybody getting out of your pew and maybe doing a little, doing a little something for Jesus because it might scare the visitors. I don't want to scare the visitors, but I don't want to offend God. If I'm going to offend anybody, I am not going to offend God. I want to let God, he let me live. He brought me out of darkness. He didn't brought, bring me out of darkness so now I can drive a fancy vehicle. He didn't bring me out of darkness so that now I could be somebody. He didn't bring me out of darkness so that now I could wear a nice suit of clothes. It's so that I could provide somebody with an example that if he did it for me, go clap your hands, give God the praise, do something for Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is already moving here today. There's somebody that's going to experience redemptive lift. There's somebody that's going to get relief. There's somebody that's going to get release. Clap your hands and give him praise. Somebody needs to talk in tongues right now. Somebody needs to pray in the spirit right now. Somebody needs to worship in the Holy Ghost right now.
It's not work. Somebody said, Pastor, I just don't feel it. It takes too much energy. When I was just a new convert, just a new convert, I got over that hump and I realized, you know what, whatever price I got to pay, I've never had that feeling since that it's just too hard to get in the things of the Spirit. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's lift our hands. Let's experience some redemptive lift here today. Maybe you're visiting with us. Only God knows the situation that you left to come to church here today. Only God knows the absolute chaos that's in your personal life. But you are here today. God wants to provide with you genuine redemptive lift where he pulls you up out and sets you on a rock to stay in the name of Jesus. All of us just love the Lord. Let's just love him. Oh, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I adore you. God, I praise you. Jesus, I thank you for the peace. I thank you for the joy. I thank you for the righteousness that's in the Holy Ghost. We're going to go ahead and open this altar. If you need, if you need redemptive lift, why don't you come on down? If you need, it may be if the holiday season was not a time of joy, but it was a time of memory of pain in your life, come on down. Maybe there's somebody I'm preaching to that in the private corridors of your life, there's just misery and nothing but pain and sorrow, I invite you down into this, this environment here today where there's redemptive lift. Come on. You're welcome here. You're welcome at this place in the altar. Church, help us pray right now. Help us pray right now. Help us pray right now. Come on, this altar's open. They tell us that the holidays is not always joyous and a great time for a lot of people, but it's a time of memory of pain. I want to tell you that God knows and God understands. By the authority, let God give you a hand up here today. Let God set you on a rock to stay. Let God make you the head and not the tail. Let God make you the head and let God bring you above and not beneath. Let God give you the victory and the power.